Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I believe in this season and time right now, God is wanting to build our hope, our hope in Him more than ever before. You know, there's a lot of challenging times and sometimes there are spiritual attacks uh, you have emotional and mental attacks that come against you, and maybe even challenged in a physical area today. Well, you know, we can hope in God. We can hope in his word. We can hope in the blessing of God that is upon our life, understanding the grace of God at work in us today. And you know, the Bible says that the word of God overcomes everything. It literally is the very source of God's power working in our lives today. And I want to begin reading today out of Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, now the God of hope fill you. That's Romans 15, 13. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I'm going to just stop right there. I want to reread that. Now the God of hope, that's the God we serve. He is the God of hope. You know, you might be facing something right now. You might have went through something recently. You might be going through something right now. Well, glory to God, the good news is you're going to get through it. You're going to go through it. For you serve the God of hope. He's your God. He's my God. And we can have hope in God. The Bible says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Glory to God. You see that? Man, that ought to just get you excited. It makes me excited. I wish he was here right now. We'd just be... Uh, getting real excited together, but I think we can do that right now in our home. You can do that right now wherever you are watching this. Maybe you're watching at some point online. Well, no matter where you are today, no matter what's going on in your life, glory to God, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You see, there's a connection to the God of hope filling you with all joy and peace. How does it come? In believing. In believing, you know, that's where the enemy fights you and I the most is in areas of unbelief. You know, the enemy would like to get you to look at how you feel, look at the circumstances around you, look at the impossibilities, look at the areas of failure, look at the areas of insecurity, looking at the areas in sometimes even feeding your soul. You know, not every thought you have comes from God. Sometimes you're in a soulish battle. You're in a mental battle. And let me just say this. When you're fighting in a mental battle, you know the Bible tells us something? You know what it tells us to do? If you are a believer today in God, you have the capability of casting down imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity. You know, that's what we're supposed to do with a roaring lion, with with lions that are roaming around. Well, we're supposed to put them in a cage. Uh, They shouldn't be roaming around. Come on, loose in your head. Roaming around in your life trying to... uh, take you and devour you. No, the best thing you do with a roaring lion that's coming against you is put it in a cage. The Bible says, take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, uh, if you've ever been to like a circus or something, you know, you ever seen a lion tamer? Well, what do they do? They've got a chair and they've got a whip, huh? And you take, you go in there Well, the Bible says, bring it into obedience, So we need to take our mind and bring it into obedience, bring our thought life into obedience, bring those areas of our life into obedience 
to Christ, which is in you. That Christ is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, which is alive inside of your mortal body, which, which by the word of God created in you a new spirit. You know, when you begin with an understanding and do not ever forget it every day, every moment of your life, that you are a new creation, that old things have passed away, all things have become new. Every thought, everything that comes against you to try to bring you into a place that says you're unholy, that you are unrighteous, that you cannot do, that you cannot be, this is why, this is how, this is how come. All of those things that the enemy tries to present against you, the Bible says bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Come on, you're going to have to whip it into shape. You have to get that mind and your thought life into shape. You're going to have to bring these areas of your mind, and as you battle through them, you're going to have to learn how to handle that, that, that area that, that's coming against you uh, in your thought life. And I'm telling you, the, the mind can bring you over into a place of anxiety and worries and other fears and all of the things that come against you from not fulfilling and performing every day as unto the Lord. You know, Colossians 3.23 says that everything that you do, your work, he says your work, what you do in life, Colossians 3.23, everything that you do in life, any work that you do, you do it heartily as unto the Lord. You know, whatever you do is not separated from God or the kingdom of God. You know, your career, your job, uh, whatever you do, your business, whatever it is, you do not do that for any other reason or any other thing. Let me just say it like this. It's not just a, uh, that's not separated from the church, from the kingdom, from the things of God, the ways of God. No, everything we do 24-7, we do all things unto the Lord. We do everything unto the Lord. We commit our whole life unto the Lord. And everything that we do has purpose in building the kingdom of God. Everything that you do. Uh, yes, God uses our work and labor to supply and bring things into our lives. Praise God for that. But that's not the only way he can do it. You know, Pastor Jake was just talking about tithing and offering and sowing and giving. Those kind of things where the Bible says with promise. That when you do that, that God performs his word back to you. And that is a place of having hope in God. That's a place of renewing the mind. That's a place of bringing every thought into captivity. Where the enemy tries to say, you won't have enough. You're not going to be able to do it. You're going to lose your job. You're not going to be able to work. How are you going to pay your bills? How is your house going to get paid for? Well, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, Jesus emphatically taught us in verse 19. He just said it like this. He said, do not lay up your treasures upon earth where moth and rust doeth corrupt, but lay up treasures in heaven. Now, I'm, I'm, I didn't quite quote it exactly, but you get the point. The point is, is that we're not supposed to have our focus upon this world and in this life. That's Matthew chapter 6. We're not supposed to have our focus in this life. We're supposed to have our focus upon the things of God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, a little bit later on, he said this, he said, to seek first the kingdom of God. Well, see... We need to understand this if we're going to say, God, fill me with all joy and peace in believing. Isn't that good news? See, we need to be filled today. Look again at Romans 15, 13. 
Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost will work with and always works with the Word of God. Jesus said the reason why he came is to help us, to comfort, to help, to teach, to guide, to lead, to correct, to to work in us. But how does he do that? When we hear the Word, by the Word of God. See, it is so important today that we have the Word of God dwelling in us. You know, the Bible says, let the Word of God dwell in you richly, abundantly, more and over and over abundance of the word of God because the Holy Spirit will take that to take the word and make it a reality in your life. We call that revelation. Uh, we give uh, the Holy Spirit something to bring back to our remembrance. You know, yesterday uh, I was uh, uh, with the children and just kind of, uh, I was standing outside of my car. They were sitting in the car and this scripture just floated up into my mind. And I'll be honest with you, I never put it to memory uh, just on purpose, but the Holy Ghost, and I told the kids, I said, man, the Holy Spirit just brought that to my remembrance. Look at that. And I, and I was just amazed myself just that that works like that. I tell you, God will do some mighty and great things in your life as you put the Word of God in you. You know, the Bible says, speaking of this area here, it's so important. Look in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. We need to have hope. We need to let the joy and peace fill us. It comes from from believing. And the thing in which hinders us the most from believing is how we're thinking. Because remember, the Bible tells us that the mind is at enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So we have to renew our mind. Look at verse 13 here. 1 Peter 1, 13. It says, wherefore, gird up. The loins of your mind. You know what? Let's go to verse 12. I think this is important. I love this whole passage of scripture, but look in verse 12. It says, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. See, the Holy Spirit in the Word is working with the preaching, working with the receiving of the Word of God into our life, continually, daily, everywhere we go, in our conversations, in our life, our work, our effort, everything that we do, we are being a witness, we are following after the Holy Spirit, we are uh, being guided in decision-making and choices in every area of our life. And we have to realize that it's not separated. Like we're living one, two different lives, like one life in church and one life out of church. Like one, one area God has, and we want God to bless our business, our lives, our work, and all of that. But no, everything that we do, we do unto the Lord. It's not just that God's trying to increase you in those areas. He wants you to serve him and understand that everything you do is pointed into one purpose for all of us in the body of Christ, and that is to build the kingdom of God. That is to win souls, to, to reach out to, to all of our efforts and work. Because what did Jesus say when he said in Matthew 6? What was he pointing to? He was trying to say and make a point that our life, if you keep all of that in context, uh, from 19 all the way to 33, all the way to the end of that chapter, what he was saying was, is that our life is a lot more than what we do and the money we get and the clothes we put on. Because that's just what the world is chasing after because they're connected to the system of this world. 
We're not supposed to put the system of this world above the system of the, of the kingdom of God. We, there are two kingdoms on this planet, and that's it. There's those who are serving the system and those who are serving God. There are those who have uh, let God be the authority over their life in every area, and those who are, who are sometimes God is there, but we're still connected to the world, so we're going to have to either go towards the way of the world or we're going to go towards the things of God. Can we trust God? Can we put our hope in God in every area with everything that we have? Well, Jesus made that pretty, pretty clear and pretty plain when he said, look at the fields. Can't you see how he closed the fields? Why do we worry what we're going to put on? Why do we worry what we're going to eat? Why do we worry where we're going to live and how we're going to do this thing? No, no, no. God is the supplier of all of our need. God will make us prosper. God will help us. God will provide. And what we have to do is learn to turn our heart to him, to fully give him everything that we are, to make him God over our whole life by committing our whole way, our whole walk, our whole mind, our whole heart, everything that we are, do all heartedly unto the Lord. And you know, when you do, glory to God, you might not be, listen, not everybody in this world is going to like you. And that's not the goal is to let everybody like you. Jesus said, if you follow after me, there's going to be some people that's going to hate you, going to call you bad things, going to call you bad names because you're fully committed. And some Christians are that way too, because sometimes they kind of have this idea that, you know what, uh, you know, this thing works a different way. We're just trying to add Jesus to our life, add Jesus to our journey, add church into our life. No, no, no. It's totally the opposite. We put God first over everything. We let him decide decide what we do from now on. We let him choose the way that we go. We let him choose the business we do. We let him choose everything. Are you with me right now? I tell you, that is such an understanding when we begin to serve the Lord. And it's so important today that we do not get caught up in the worry of everything, but we have hope in God, knowing that he's going to bring it to pass, knowing that he has a bigger plan than what we can even see for our personal lives, but it's all based upon the very purpose that he's given to each and every one of us to come together as one body, to build the kingdom of God, to do everything that we do heartily unto the Lord, because it is his purposes that we're fulfilling today. We're laying up treasures in heaven and not on earth. We're saying, God, you are my God, you are the one over me. God, I'm going to work according to your, your system, your ways. God, your kingdom, your ordinances. And God, I just thank you now that you're going to help me. How do we do that? Well, look at this. Look in verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That's how it begins. That word to gird up is powerful. It literally means to help shape the very imaginations and desires that you have. The loins of your mind, you know, it reminds me of another scripture in Ephesians where it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, where it tells us that you put on the belt of truth, you gird up your loins with the belt of truth. I'm telling you, it's so powerful today that we need to understand that we, our loins is how we walk. It's how, how we carry ourselves in life and all that we do. We're, we're girding up the loins of our mind. You know, uh, I, I, I was raised around horses, riding horses and doing things of that nature. I was putting on saddles and, and things and, and doing all kinds of stuff with those animals all of my life. One of the things that Growing up, one of the things that I, uh, we did when you put a saddle on, uh, we called it a girt. And, and what you do is the, the, this, you have a strap like a belt that goes around the horse that keeps the saddle on. And you pull that 
girt up underneath and you tighten it up and you kind of relax for a second, let him relax, let the horse or whatever relax. And then because it'll kind of blow it up whenever you're trying to tighten it up. And sometimes we do that too. Uh, we kind of blow it up a little bit whenever God's trying to tighten something up in our life uh, because we don't want to change or because we have some areas in our mind that are resistant to it. But God, but sometimes God just will hold that word right there on us until we just kind of let go and then he'll just tighten it up a little bit. Well, that's what it means uh, when we gird up our mind. We have to gird up our mind so that God can, so we can let God be in control. We can give him the reins of our mouth. We can give him the reins of our life and let him uh, just kind of like that, that donkey when it, that Jesus wrote in on when he come into that time of Passover. Come on, are you going to let Jesus ride on you, ride in your life? Is you going to let him be the captain? You going to let him be the, the one is directing everything in your life? Well, we're going to have to allow that to take place. And that comes from the girding up of the loins of our mind and how we think and our imaginations and our desires. Let's just keep reading. He says, be sober. So that when we gird up the loins of our mind, it'll start making you sober. You know what that means? You're not staggering. Through unbelief, you know, Romans 4 talks about Abraham. Said he did not stagger at the promise through unbelief, but gave glory to God because he hoped against hope. He was able to hope against hope. And why? Because he, the whole time he was giving glory to God and praising God, meditating on the promise that he had given to him, meditating on the word of God about who he is. Because remember, God said, Abram, come out of Ur. God called him out of Ur. Ur was a unique place. Ur was a place known for sin, which I think is very unique. There was a man in the Bible called Sanballat. He was, he's written in the book of Nehemiah, him and two other of his friends, Tobiah and Gershom. And Sanballat, Tobiah and Gershom, they, these three guys, the Bible says, resisted the building up of the walls that Nehemiah had determined to do by the Holy Spirit of God for the purpose that God intended to have a people on the planet that was under him, served him, that let, let that nation be the nation that served God. And not just the world, not the ways of the world or the things of this world. And every time that they got into sin and got polluted, got out of that place, God, God let them go into captivity. Every time they got divided and got all messed up, they went into captivity to the kings and the gods of this, to the God, the system of this world. You see, when you begin to allow yourself to get polluted with the things of this world, what happens is a lot of times, listen, that's where the trouble starts happening. Let me just help you with this. We need to come out, the Bible says, in the spirit, in the mind, understanding that we have nothing to fear, we have nothing to worry about. The world will tell you, you need to worry, and we control your outcome. We control your destiny. That's what the world will try to, to tell us according to the economy, according to the other things that's going on. But no, that's not who's in control of our destiny. No, our destiny is based upon the word of God and the spirit of God, who God says that we are, what God says we can do, what God says uh, that we can be. No, we are who God says we are, not what this world says we are, not the, not the doubt and the unbelief and the ungodliness and the pollutedness that is in the world through sin. Well, you know, Sanballat literally means that, that name means sin gives life. And this guy just happened to be from, guess where? Ur, the same place that God called Abram out of, because I believe there's a connection there. You know, one of the key elements is is I remember years ago, the Holy Ghost speaking of Pursuit Church. 
Listen, we're not necessarily going to walk down the, the secular line, uh, so to speak, in the spirit when it comes to the house of God and the things of God. No, we're going to walk according, do our best to walk according to the promise and the kingdom of God and the way God uh, structures and does things because he has a people. He has a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Come on, that's who you are today. Everywhere that you go, you're a priest unto God. You're doing the service and the ministry of God at your job, at the grocery store, everywhere you go and all that you do, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ, taking the Holy Spirit into that place, taking the word of God everywhere that you go. You're a separated people called out from among them to be holy holy, to walk in a place of understanding and confidence in the righteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are called in that light. We're called to be that way. God didn't just give you the Holy Spirit just to make you feel better about yourself or to perform and make your life better. No, he gave you the Holy Spirit of God to be a witness unto him. Yes, that's going to do all of those other things. There are some beautiful benefits that come along, but the purpose in it, the purpose in it is to make you strong in the Lord and the power of his might, to make you confident in God like Abraham was confident because he came out of Ur, because he came out of that place where sin gives life. Listen, the world and everything in the world will pass away, but one thing will not pass away. That's the word of God and the kingdom of God, and we are a people that will not pass away because we are set by God. We have been called of God. We are his people today. He is our God, and let me just say this today. No matter the tribulation that we might have on this planet, no matter matter persecution that might come. And let me just tell you, persecution is not just people saying, I just don't want to hear that. That's not persecution. Persecution isn't that funny feeling that you get when you're about to witness to somebody. That's not persecution. That's just not girding up the loins of your mind. That's just not in an area of confidence. That's an area yet you're coming to a place where I say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. That's where we need to gird up the loins of our mind. We have a business to do. We have a purpose to do. In all that we do, we are to build the kingdom of God because there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. There is an eternity that is coming and we are his ambassadors today. We are his instruments of righteousness that will do the works of righteousness while it is day today. Healing the sick, casting out the devils, bringing the truth of the word of God to humanity today. You, my brother and sister in Christ, you member of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ are called by God to live in this hour, in this day, in a powerful way, being filled with all hope in the Believing with joy and peace. You know, the Bible says this be sober. Don't let unbelief overcome you. I'm gonna tell you, the enemy is trying to get a lot of people to stagger in this hour at the promise of God. No, be strong in spirit. And I pray today, I'm speaking that into your spirit right now. Be strong in the Lord, be strong in the spirit. Let the Holy Ghost. Fill you fresh and anew. Stir yourself up. Gird up the loins of your mind. Stir up your spirit. The Bible says be sober and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children. Oh, glory to God. You see that? We are his children today. We are his children. Don't allow the things that are coming against you cause you to wander off the way. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 1, 
It just says blessed. I love that scripture. It says blessed. You know, there are going to be sand ballots that's going to arrive in your life. There's going to be people. There's going to be Tobias that's going to show up. Sand ballot. He'll, he'll try to put pollute certain areas of your life. He'll try to pollute certain areas of your life by sin. Tobiah also will try to corrupt certain areas of your life. Tobiah, I know I didn't go too much into Nehemiah, but you can read all about them out of chapter 2. And you can see that through the process of that book. It's a beautiful, beautiful book in Nehemiah. But Tobiah, his name literally means, has, has a connection to, it just means loosely aligned. And, it, and it's a connection to God. He has A-H in his name. It's spelled T-O-B-I-A-H. And he, he himself has God in him, so to speak, or God. He's supposed to be connected to God. He's a servant of God. And, but yet he actually stands in opposition to the purposes of God. You know, there'll be times that, that people will, will be loosely aligned because they're more connected to themselves and the things of this world than they are to the purpose of God. And they will try to hinder, because that's what he did. He tried to hinder the building of the wall. He tried to hinder and keep that from happening. He tried to stop the work. And it is so important today that we allow no one, nothing, to try to hinder or stop the building of the wall. Look in Nehemiah chapter 4. I'll just show you in verse 8. Nehemiah 4 verse 8. Talking about these guys. Sanballat and Tobiah and Gershom. Bible says in verse 8, Nehemiah 4.8, it says, And they conspired, all of them together, to come and fight against Jerusalem and hinder it. So these guys used and tried to hinder the building of the work of God. Look in verse 11. Nehemiah says, and he's praying to God, and he says, And our adversaries say they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. I tell you what, one of the things I know the Holy Ghost told me many years ago, he said one of the greatest resistance to building of the kingdom of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, is an understanding. Look in verse 8. Nehemiah verse 8. Four, eight. Yeah, there you go. He, the Bible says that, or the Holy Ghost told me, he said, there'll be those who will try to resist. And, and he talked to me about an Assyrian spirit. An Assyrian spirit. And what is that? Well, it is a, it's a, it just literally means fierce. Fierce. To stand against. You know, when we have a, uh, a particular view about the kingdom of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it can literally stand against the building of the kingdom because it's not unified, because we're hanging on to areas that we feel like protect us from areas in our life that may be from committing a certain way because we have 
two lives. We have two areas. And I tell you, it's so important today that we see and understand the truth behind this. You know, the Bible tells us, speaking of another gentleman in there, Gershom, his name literally means rainstorm, to cloud over, to cause to draw away or back away from, to cloud the purpose or vision so you can't see plainly. You know, these areas come against the things that God has for us. But I want to encourage you today. I want you to see something. Whatever you do in life today, whatever is going on in your life today, look in Psalms 119. The Bible says, Psalms 119 verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. You know, this morning, I want to encourage you right now. That word blessed in verse 1 are the undefiled, those that are not allowing the pollution to take place. You know, we need to be careful that whenever we're not girding up our lo- the mind in these imaginations and not tightening up those loins in the spirit, they could come in and begin to pollute. We have to be careful they don't pollute. We have to say, you know, glory to God, I'm not going to allow these areas to begin to pollute areas in my mind to cause me to get out of the way. For he says, who walk in the law of the Lord. This law is Romans 8, 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, today, that law that you operate in, that law that you're following in today in your life, in all that you do, all that we are, that law, the Bible says, makes us free from the law of sin and death. We're going to serve one or the other, but we have to make a choice. We have to make, we, there's no middle ground in that area. We're saying, God, you have everything. You know, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he came and he slid up at Jesus' feet and he just began to worship him, the Bible says. And Jesus loved him. And he said, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. I'm going I'm to have And Jesus said, man, that's so great. That's so wonderful. That's awesome. And the man began to say, here's what I've done. Here's what I do. And all of these things. And Jesus listened to him and said, man, that's awesome. That's great. He said, but yeah, but there's one thing. He said, right there, he tried to get him disconnected from what he saw his life was in this world to the life that is in him, to the life that is in Jesus first. And once that was done, then he would have been able to bless him a lot further than he was going to give up. But the man would not disconnect from that in the spirit. Jesus said, sell everything you have. I tell you, there is a point that we have to come to of what we value in this life more than that area in relationship with God and his purpose. See, that man wanted the purpose of Christ. He wanted to follow after him. I want to be your disciple. I want to do your purpose. I want to do your will. But Jesus said, okay, well, here's a place here in your life. This is the test. Can you pass that test? Jesus said, 
to his disciples afterwards when that man got up and walked away from Jesus. He said, that's just too much. I can't believe he asked me something like that. I mean, think about what he was thinking about. Mom says he was grieved. He was brought away sorrowful. It's probably because, not because he couldn't do it. It was because of what Jesus made the demand on. And it was like, that's just too much. I can't do that. Even Peter and the disciples afterwards said, Jesus, who can be saved? How can that happen? And Jesus said to them, he said, here's what that man didn't know. Now, he didn't quite say it like that, but he did say it like this. He said, in this life, whatever a man gives up in that way, sows or what he gives up, in this life, he'll get back a hundredfold. And he even said lands. He said houses. He even said family. <laughs> oh, I tell you, what is it today that the enemy's beating you up over? Is it people? You don't have this. You don't have that. They're not. There. Is it material areas? Is it inheritance that you believe? You know what? There's promise connected. Will we put our hope in God and let peace fill us? Will let the joy fill us because we trust him? Let's today allow him to keep us. Look in verse 2 of Psalms 119. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. One of these testimonies, well, that's the word. What is the law? The law and how we live our life according to the word of God. The Bible calls it in the way, the way that we go, how we carry ourselves, how we're walking, how we're living. Blessed are they that keep, keep it. You got to keep it. And that seek, we got to pursue him with the whole heart. Keep it and pursue him. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.